You're listening to ROD, coming at you live. Hey, everybody. Thanks for listening to the Auto D Show here on Dave Pratt's Star Worldwide Networks, broadcasting from high above Camelback Road in beautiful Scottsdale, Arizona. I am your host, Otto Donyolo, and this evening my guest is a singer-songwriter from Tulsa, Oklahoma, Michaela Lane, who is going to be with us uh, just after I play this first song. She's going to be calling us from her hometown. So uh, that's going to be kind of fun. We'll see what's happening in Oklahoma today. But first, uh, this first tune to set the mood is from the Fervor Records catalog by the Sugar Thieves called Glory Glory here on the Auto D Show. Check it out. Shut 
And that was Glory, Glory by the Sugar Thieves here on the Auto D Show, which is brought to you tonight in part by my good friends at Fervor Records and also by TheRecordingArtist.com, which is where every Wednesday evening I record bands live online while you can watch. You can even participate via live chat if you want. To learn more, visit TheRecordingArtist.com and be sure to check out our companion show on Amazon's Prime Video streaming service called The Recording Artist, of all things. It's kind of cool. Uh, so check it out. And tonight, uh, let's talk about our guest, 16-year-old singer-songwriter of Tulsa, Oklahoma. Michaela Lane is going to be on the show. In fact, I believe she's on the line right now. Let's see if we've got her. Michaela, are you there? I'm here. Awesome. I'm glad. I, I can hear you. Can you hear us okay? Yes, sir. It's it's very quiet, but but I can hear you good. All right. Well, I've got about as loud as I can send it out there. I don't have any control over the volume on the phone machine, but... Uh, glad to have you. So what's the weather like out in Tulsa tonight? Well, let's see. It is 91 degrees, and it's it's kind of humid. I mean, I don't know. Oklahoma um, usually stays pretty dry, and it's it's been really dry these past few weeks. Like, um, I live about 45 minutes from Tulsa, and it always, we need rain really bad, and it always rains in Tulsa. And then, like, right as we cross this bridge that we're supposed to go to where I live, it's, like, straight dry, and it's like, <laughs> what the heck? It's <laughs> It's like the weirdest thing, but it's good. It's It's been really hot. Probably not as hot as where you are, but for yeah. here it's been really warm. <laughs> yeah, out here in Arizona it gets hot. And what's really weird is there's some weather coming up from uh, the Gulf uh, or on the West Coast here. And um, we've got a lot of clouds and a lot of humidity and a little bit of rain and over 100 degrees. So it's it's a little muggy, you know, a little weird. But, uh, oh, my gosh. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> that sounds awful. It, it's, as, it's as awful as this beautiful place gets. So, you know, it's really not, not too much to complain about. Hey, can I, can I ask you, where, what town do you live in? I live in Manford, actually. Okay. Okay. I know where that's at. Um, I haven't spent a lot of time in Oklahoma, but you know what? There are just a gazillion famous, talented people out of Oklahoma in the music business. I know. There's a ton. There's like, what is it, like Karen Underwood, Garth Brooks, Reba. Everybody. There's a bunch. There's Vince Gill, someone else that I forgot. Yeah, isn't Toby Blake. Keith. Yeah, everybody's, everybody's out of Oklahoma. In fact, uh, there's what they call the Oklahoma Mafia in Nashville, which are just all the old cats who've been around forever who are from Oklahoma. So, you know, when you get into town, uh, there's a lot of people be looking out for you just because you're, you're an Okie, you know, so that's a good thing. You know, it is. Yeah, and it's Brian, really nice here. Brian White uh, is another singer-songwriter out of Oklahoma. I think he's out there, too. I don't know if you remember Brian, but uh, anyway, let's talk about uh, what you've got going on. You've got a new EP coming out, and it's actually your second. It's not your first. Is that correct? Yes, sir. This will be my second EP. When did you put your first one out? How old were you? I put my first one out in, uh, I think, at... Uh, 19, 2019. Okay. That had to be pretty pretty wild, getting a record out. You were then 14 years old, I guess? Yes, sir. I was 14. It was really fun. It's, it was, uh, since it was my first one, we did it in Nashville, and it was a very a very cool experience, mm-hmm. a big learning experience, getting to see all the musicians and how 
awesome there because people always say like you go in there and they finish it in like five seconds and you're like nah <laughs> and then you go in and they really do um, <laughs> you know what? So, that, so that's been really cool this uh this second ep that we did uh, me and my producer worked on it all in-house and did everything in-house so that was super cool to be able to do that all here yeah that's a very different process huh yes sir it is it's really fun though mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and you co-wrote all of those songs with your producer right Yes, sir, I did. Very, very cool. You know, getting back to that first record, um, when I was, I didn't get to see that when I was your age. The first time I walked into a room full of Nashville players about to cut songs for a publishing company, I was probably 24 years old. And like you said, I had never seen anything like it. You had, we had six guys in the room, and Billy Sherrill was the engineer, and in comes the singer-songwriter with a guitar and says, okay, guys, here's how it goes. He plays it down one time while they're making notes. And then they said, okay, and they played it back, and it sounded like a dang hit record the first time they played it. I know. Took my breath away. I know, because I, played, I, think, I think they listened to the songs. Um, the engineer played them in the room for everyone, and they charted it or whatever. Some of them yeah. didn't even need to. Right. Um, and then they, they went back, and they, uh, I was like, there's no way. That, I was like, this is going <laughs> to. They're wasting my time. I was like, what time. is this? And then we got we got back there and it was perfect and it was weird because our engineer would be like do that thing that you did on garth brooks intro um for what was that song isn't that cool when you i don't have... even know the song but he did he did one of the songs he uh played on some of garth stuff and he was like do this thing and he just did it and it just sounded so awesome like i don't understand how they do that and don't you feel like you're in good hands when you know the cat that's playing on your record played on garth's record Oh, I know. It's like, it's crazy when you listen back and you're like, oh, that's the dude that's playing that right now. And it's like, what the heck? That's, that is wild. Now, you've been playing, you've also been playing a lot of shows. So when you play around, do you do a lot of solo work or do you have a band out of Tulsa that you play with? Well, um, I'm a solo artist. We don't have like, whenever we play somewhere, it's always just Michaela Lane. It's not mm-hmm. like George Strait and the Ace and the whole band. It's always just my name. Um, right. And, like, we thought of coming up with a band name, but this has just worked really well. Um, the, we, I have a band everywhere I play, unless it's an acoustic set. Okay. But um, I am just a solo artist at the, at the headlining stuff that I do. Oh, sure. Um, when you do have your band, how many, how many guys are in the band? Let's see. We have drums, lead guitar, keys, and bass. And for this newer stuff... We're trying to um, add an, an, another guitar, fiddle, and steel. Okay, so we're cool. pretty, we're pretty tight. <laughs> That's a big band. And then, um, yes, sir, we do. On stage, you play guitar as well during the shows and sing, right? Um, I just sing. I play guitar a little bit, but okay. my main thing is just singing and performing mostly. It's a lot more fun. You don't have to worry about having that guitar on in front of you the whole time. Right. Right. That's pretty cool. Now, I read that you've played not just once, but a bunch of times at Kane's Ballroom. I've I've only played once at Kane's. I opened oh, okay. for a Red Dirt artist out of Texas, John Wolf. That was a really cool experience. I've only played there once, but it's definitely stuck in my mind as one of my coolest performances. When was that? When was that? It was uh, it was last October. Okay. And, you know, quite a famous place. And, you know, everybody's been there. So it had to be pretty exciting. Kind of take your breath away to get it up totally, on the stage. It, it totally was because I was um, with my producer and we were looking at performance videos and one popped up and he showed it to me and it was Brooks and Dunn 
playing at Canes in 2005, which was the year I was born. I was like, that uh-huh. is so cool. Um, they like it was for a a video, I think, and they built out their own stage out of Canes. Didn't even look like Canes, um, right, right? But it was it was really cool to see. It was a super cool experience because that's definitely if you're uh, if you're from Oklahoma, you definitely that's one of your top things on your list to play here. So that was really cool to play there. Um, well, something you I don't think. I think what well, I was like the youngest person. It was really cool to be uh, the youngest person to play Canes. <laughs> that's very very cool. Well, something you probably don't know about me is that I actually, besides all the other things I do, I'm in a Brooks and Dunn tribute band. And so when they asked me to sing Ronnie Dunn's part, they made me watch that concert because they patterned their show after the Canes Ballroom show. And so I have studied that that concert and it's in a it's a great show and what a cool space and there's a lot of in that in that in that show they do a lot of the history of the of the venue they talk about a lot too so uh, it's kind of yeah. Kind when of a I niche watched show. that video, mm-hmm. I was like, "This is not Canes." Like it totally didn't <laughs> look like Canes, but it was. It was super cool to to see how they built out that stage and really made it their own play. Yeah, yeah, it's neat to have on your on your record. Hey, this is also the uh, the fair season. Are you playing some fairs throughout Oklahoma? Um, hopefully, as fair season starts coming in, hopefully I'm going to do some fairs. Um, I haven't done a ton of fairs. I played the Oklahoma City or the Oklahoma State Fair last year, mm-hmm. um, and that was pretty cool. It's a it's a really big, big fair. Um, but mostly what I've been up to recently is I'm doing the Old Red Tour, um, which it's just where I go and play every location. And I've been with Old Red since I was 13, so it's really cool to get to do, um, to get to do kind of like a little tour with them and a big backstory. But I've, I've been doing that a lot. I have my own shows in Nashville coming up this, this coming week, which is exciting. Um, but I've been really busy. I've been to Texas um, a few times recently, played okay. some places in Oklahoma, Nashville. All right, well, we need to back it's up because really you gave me so much information. I already have like 10 questions. But you, you mentioned uh, O Red? O Red, yes, sir. Tell me what that is. I'm unfamiliar. Tell me what that's all about. Okay, so O Red is um, Blake Shelton's bar and restaurant. It's a chain. There's one in Nashville, Orlando, um, Tishomingo, and Gatlinburg, and they're building some more locations too. But I started playing at the Tishomingo location because Tishomingo is about three hours from where I live in Manford, so it's in Oklahoma. Um, I started out there when I was 13, and then the the management there really liked me, and they're great, so... They helped me move to Nashville, and then Nashville helped me to Gatlinburg, and now Gatlinburg is helping me to Orlando. So it's just been really That's fun. Awesome. Um, I've grown up. I've grown up with that whole chain, and they're really great. And it's a lot of fun playing um, there. So that, that's what Old Red is. Um, cool. It's really nice. It's well, look at really you, nice look at you, schooling me. That's that's awesome. <laughs> I'm, I'm glad to know it. And then you also mentioned uh, you got a couple gigs coming up in Nashville now. Uh, yes, sir. September 8th, um, I've got the local. I'm not sure if you've been, been over there, but it's kind of a place that if you're uh, in the industry or if you know Nashville really well, you go and they have like um, the more serious writers rounds mm-hmm. and um, performances, showcases, that type of thing, just to really appreciate the music and the artists mm-hmm. instead of just kind of like a four-hour Broadway gig. It's, it's, a, it's really different. Um, so I have my full band show there september 8th and then september 9th is my full band show um headlining at old red nashville cool that is just awesome do you get down to nashville very often 
Yes, sir. We try to go every three weeks, actually. Mm-hmm. I'm not used to being called it's sir. Fun. I'm trying to get trying to get used to that. I appreciate how polite you are, and in, in that. Oh, oh, thank you. Yeah, I would. I always tell if like if my parents listen back to this, and I'm not, they would they would get me. So I have to be sure. I have to be sure I'm on my game. Well, good for them. I think that's. I think that's awesome. Now, tell me a little bit about about your trips to Texas. Where have you been going in Texas, Blaine? Um. Well, actually, so I'm really into like the Western lifestyle and rodeo and all that sort of thing. Uh-huh. Um. So I actually. I don't know why I said that. Never mind. No, I actually did not. So a rodeo uh, actually had to locate here. They did their final, uh, their championship right. here in Tulsa at the um, the fairgrounds in Tulsa because Vegas shut down because of COVID or whatever. Um, so the NFR was over and all that stuff. So they moved their um, championship, their finals round to Tulsa, and they're called the Vegas Toughest um, Youth Rodeo. And... Um, I, uh, I'm not really sure how I met them, but I ended up doing the national anthem for them while they were here. And I played a a concert for their after party and just things like that. And I, uh, I met the owners, Mike and Cherry Lynn Johnson, who started it and run it and all that. And they, they really liked what we had to offer and all that. So I've been touring with them for this past year and it's been really fun. I've been going to um, the qualifiers, which is where they have one in a few different cities in each state. And um, people come to try to qualify for, for Vegas. But last year it was in Tulsa. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, whenever there's an opening spot that I could have, like a, my own concert to have the contestants out or the parents or just whoever's a part of the rodeo, I go with them. Um, so I've played... What's that place called? The Circle T Arena at mm-hmm. Hamil- in Hamilton, Texas. Oh, cool. I've done Four Star in Brenham. Um, hoping, I'm hoping to get into more Texas stuff. Texas is a really hard um, kind of music scene to get into if you mm-hmm. weren't, like, born into it or if you're not from Texas. But mm-hmm. um, since you're from Oklahoma, it kind of helps, kind of like the little brother or little sister. But um, it's, it's, uh, it's fun. I really love Texas, and I would like to get more venues over there but cool. it's really cool but i'm mostly done i've mostly done my stuff with the rodeo and if there's a, a a venue along the way or whenever we're coming back we try to stop there so it makes our trip um, worthwhile sure how about rodeo is this is it something that you've ever been uh, drawn to besides these performances it definitely is um i haven't rodeoed myself but my dad was in the cattle business for a very long time, and mm-hmm. um, during college, he went out to Montana, and he worked on, what was it, like a dude ranch? Is that what it's called? He worked on, like, a dude ranch, and he did um, guiding and that sort of thing, and he's always done it. He did rough stock um, through whenever he was younger, and it's just always, I've always grown up around it, and I've always loved it. Um, the, I always hear, like, <laughs> I had this thing when I was little called it was like a sock and it's called, I named it like Socky, I think. Is that right? <laughs> yeah. I named it Socky and real original. And, um, I remember I was driving with my dad on the four wheeler to go like check the cows and stuff. And, um, and I like, what, what was it called? Like the exhaust, the muffler. Yeah. I just read, he was going to open the gate or something. And keep in mind, I was like two, Right. I was like two. And my dad leaves me on a running four wheeler, real, real, uh, <laughs> Real smart move there. Hey, you're a tough but girl. He left me on this. <laughs> he left me on this four wheeler, 
and um, I, I just reached down and grabbed the muffler and absolutely destroyed my hand. I just oh. kept holding it until I realized it was hurting. And uh, and then I that sock thing was the only thing I'd wear on my hand, and I drew like a smiley face on it. Anyways, that oh, was that's funny. my point to, uh, <laughs> to show that I've, I've been around it for a really long time, and that's a story that really okay. sticks in my mind. Um, yeah, well, and we were to... going to check the cows, so you're gonna now have that's to write... engraved in my memory. <laughs> you're going to have to write a song about that socky, but maybe don't include the muffler. I don't know how well oh, that know. one will work. But... Yeah, we'll just keep the muffler out. <laughs> yeah, but I think the relationship to the to the almost sock puppet or sock that you wore, that's kind of that's there's a cute story in there, especially you know w- tying your dad into it. But uh, speaking of that, right. you know, with your family, um, how did how did music come into your life? Are either of your parents musicians or singers, or how how did that happen? No, sir, they're not. Um, I actually would just sing. I was born in Kentucky, um, so. I'm well, what were your parents doing if you were born in Kentucky? Oh, wait, they were probably in Kentucky with you. Okay. <laughs> my parents, uh, <laughs> they were born in, my mom was born in Georgia, so they're both from Georgia. Um, and we moved to Kentucky. I don't really know why they moved to Kentucky. They've told me before, but I forgot. Because it wasn't um, important to you. Don't some, worry about that. <laughs> <laughs> somehow they ended up in Kentucky. And um, I was born in Marion, Kentucky, and we moved to Stanton, Kentucky, and um, that's where, like, all my, that's where I remember most of my childhood was there, but I just would sing around the house all the time, and it would be songs that were on the radio, mm-hmm. and, um, my parents noticed that I would do it constantly, like, I was always making some kind of noise, and, um, so they decided to put me into voice lessons when I was five, just to see how I'd like it, and I remember the first time that I went, I was, I would sing around the house all the time, so it'd be like, well, why would you be scared, like, you do it all the time mm-hmm. in front of everyone, but I went up to this lady's house, and her name was Connie White, and she she took lessons out of her house and out of her living room. She had this big living room with a piano and a couch and then an open space for, like, performance stuff. So she was, I walk in or whatever, and my mom sits on the couch, and she's at the piano. We're about to do warm-up stuff. And it was just, like, the most basic warm-up stuff, like, the stuff that, like, a five-year-old, like, should, like, could do. <laughs> and I was, she would, like, do the stuff, and she'd be like, okay, like, come on. And I wouldn't do it. Um, so we were having to figure out a way like that I would sing and mom's over here like I paid for this stupid lesson you're going to sing right now and uh, she wasn't actually like that but I know that's what she was thinking Um, that's how you uh, felt (laughs) Um, and um, so the only way I would sing for for her to do the warm ups was if she put a blanket over my head so I just sat there in the living room with a blanket over my entire body and I did my warm ups and I did that for the first few times and then I would warm up to her and the, the blanket would come off finally and then I did some uh <laughs> the woolly worm festival and the corn fe- the f- corn festival that yeah the corn festival um I just did little fest- festivals like that around my town at um like when I was 5 or 6 mm-hmm. and um of course everyone was like oh what a cute little girl like they all really liked it and uh, But you weren't using you weren't using the blanket on those shows right Oh no, I wasn't okay. using a blanket there. Thank God. <laughs> I should have though. I should have brought out the blanket. You might want um, to try that on some night. Come out, start a show with that, wearing a blanket over your head. <laughs> um, but whenever I was ten, we moved here, and then that's when my music started really taking off. But that, but that's how I started. Was just they kind of put me in lessons, but they, I don't have a music like my family's not musical. Mm-hmm. I don't have a musical background like lots of people do that are that are artists and performers. Well, how did uh, songwriting start then? Did you just start making up songs at home, or or when did that start? 
So, well, songwriting, honestly, I was forced into it. Um, okay. That sounds bad. But no, no. I was, I was kind of like, um, like, you need to know, you need to write your own songs. You like, this is, a, you need to be able to do this um, if you're going to be an artist. So I was like, okay. So um, I had just moved to Oklahoma whenever I was really getting pushed into like, you need to start trying to write your own songs. So at 11, I wrote my I wrote my first song about leaving my friend. It was your typical, like, little kids, like, leaving their friends and they're mm-hmm. sad. And uh, it was, it was. I mean, it was, obviously, everyone else thought it was, like, great because it was, like, my first thing. <laughs> sure. But looking back, I mean, it's, it's really cool to see the growth. But, mm-hmm. um, but I wrote that one when I was 11 with some other people. Um, but honestly, songwriting is not something I really enjoy doing. It's something that I really have to work on to try to get good at because it doesn't come naturally to me. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm, I'm, if, if we're in a writer's room and I have like a co-write or something, I'm always the one that's literally silent, just thinking about how the like production production's going to go after or what the oh, electric guitar is going to do or where yeah. there needs to be steel right here. And I'm always that person or like the melody person. I'm never the one to do the lyrics. Um, yeah. But, I mean, I'm trying to get better. It's just I have to really force myself. It's not something like, oh, let me go write a song because I it's fun. You know, that's not how it is for me. Mm-hmm. Well, I think a lot of writers, you know, write from different p- places. Some write the music first or the melody first because that's really what inspires them. And then, you know, others sit down and, and have a story. They're watching something happen in their life or in someone else's life, and they kind of start writing the story. Because an interesting thing about you know, great, great songs is they tend to be that unique perspective that one person has of a very common experience everybody has. So that's why they can relate to it. But it's the details of right. of that one person's experience that kind of makes brings the color to the to the story. And so great man, great songwriters are are incredible at how they can make you feel what's happened in your life, you know, with those stories. And I think the older you get, maybe the more you'll you'll uh, feel like you have to share from a storytelling point of view, you know. Right. I agree. Now you mentioned that you're the one in this in the writing room that's always thinking about the production. I think that's funny because as a songwriter and a record producer myself, um, whenever I start to write a song, the worst thing in the world that can happen is you come to the chorus and you get this great idea and all of a sudden you get stuck in your head with, gosh, will there be a bunch of background vocals here or is this where we bring in the organ? And you're like, stop it. I you're know. Just, you're just writing a song, stop it. Uh, it's it's I know. funny. It's like that's supposed to come after, but I, and me and my producer kind of agree on this. It's like we're always thinking of, um, which is why we work really well together, is we're kind of on the same page with that. He's a great songwriter. Mm-hmm. And um, that's why I always write with him, but we're always both thinking about the production. We're really wired that way of like the finished product. Like I'm always looking ahead between it's done. It's like, Oh, we just got to finish writing it. But I, I totally agree. That's pretty wild. Now you've also done some videos for some of your songs, right? I think I saw a couple on your website. How do you like that process? I think it's really fun. Honestly, um, for, for me, my favorite things about being an artist, um, would definitely be number one, I love going to shows and meeting new people. That's probably my favorite thing is just meeting meeting people that you made an impact on at a show is really cool. Um, and then I love, like I said, the production side of things. And I love um, creating content almost. Mm-hmm. Like I love creating social, like social content and interacting with people over social media. I really take pride in my Instagram and I, I really try to make it look good. And, um, 
I, I just love that kind of creative aspect of the whole thing. That's definitely my favorite part. So the videos are definitely something that I love doing. I love um, kind of creating the imagery for them and how mm-hmm. I want it to look. I'm, I'm definitely not like a story bur- storyboard por- person or can get it down to like a T of exactly what I want. But I, I always give like a general idea and they always execute it really like perfectly. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's cool to get to see that come to life. But I, I, I really love doing videos and watching the song come to life in a, in a different perspective. Very, very cool. Um, speaking of songs, why don't we play a song? You've got a new single out. I think it's out just now, Wild Like the Wind. Yes, sir. It was out um, August 13th. And it's uh, the lead single from the new EP that comes out uh, at the end of next week? or sometime, Yes, sir. Sometime. September 10th. Okay, great. Tell us a little bit about uh, Wild Like the Wind. Where did, how did this come about? So, like I said, um, I'm really involved in the rodeo. So... I kind of looked at the rodeo a different way because I looked at all these people here and there's either a big, huge family or there's like one single dude or there's like one girl. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was like, man, what is, what is it like to be like in a relationship and go to these rodeos all the time? Like every weekend these people are entering rodeos to try to, to try to make some money. And I was like, what does that have to be like for the other person who's always like alone or like stuck at home wondering where the person that they're dating or married to or whatever is. And so that's kind of how this came about. Um, it's kind of like your typical cowboy riding away story, but it's more like a relationship that the, that the dude's always gone doing rodeo or um, whatever he's doing that relates to being a cowboy. And it's kind of about the girl's perspective on like, there's never enough time. Like he's like the wind, you can't catch him. And it's not long enough. Like whenever we, get to see each other's never long enough so that's mm-hmm. kind of how the song came about cool. um and it's supposed to feel kind of like the old like the old west um the wild west type of deal like at the top of the song there's a whistle and i mean we're about to hear it but it just kind of feels lonely and dry kind of like an empty desert mm-hmm. and i ask people like what they think about or what they see when they hear the song and they say that they see like tall grass moving like blowing mm-hmm. um which is ironic um but it's just it's just a really it's simple but it's also not i don't know i just think it's really interesting to listen to because it's very unique okay we'll check it out but before we do something that struck me as ironic is that you know as the lead singer of a band you're going to be that dude who's always gone i'm sorry what'd you say as the lead singer in a band you're going to be that dude that's always gone from home with your spouse back at home oh wondering I know. Where you're at. I know. it's kind of funny all it's right but like i wrote a <laughs> yeah, it's like I wrote a song of exactly me. That's ex- funny. <laughs> exactly. So here it is. This is Wild Like the Wind from Michaela Lane here on the Auto D Show. Check it out.
Wild Like the Wind from Michaela Lane, my guest here on the Auto D Show tonight. Michaela, that's a great song. Thank you. I love your voice on it, too. Powerful. Thank you so much. I want you to be sure and tell John he did a nice job as your co-writer, co-producer. I will. I'll be sure to tell him. Yeah, it sounds great. It sounds really great. So that is one of the songs on the your sophomore EP that's coming out on September 10th called Miles From Nowhere. How many songs are on that EP? There's four songs. Okay. Um, you pretty excited about it? Oh, I'm so excited. Um, this this EP is completely different from my other music that I've released. Mm-hmm. And I really think that this has really um, identified my sound and what I want other people to identify me with. And that's really important as an artist. And it takes some people a really long time. But I'm really pleased with these songs. And I feel like they really represent my style and my voice really well so i'm super super excited to get these out there cool let's talk about your style for a second outside of music um i know you're a you're a cow cowboy boots girl you like your boots yes sir i do i love them (laughs) has your style changed much in the last couple years in terms of how you like to look on stage or do you feel that that changes regularly it it has definitely changed um like, it's kind of the same as, like, 
finding a new favorite song, it changes like quite mm-hmm. a bit. Um, but I, it's it's been really consistent for. I would say my style's been consistent for about like I don't know. A I don't while. know. It's been kind of a while. I mean, I've it's been it changed, but it's been very consistent ever since that change. Mm-hmm. Um, I American Hat Company actually sponsors me, so I always oh, wear cool. a hat on stage. Very um, cool. Yes, sir. So that was that was insane. I was so excited about that. So they gave me a ton of hats, and I wear them every time I'm on stage. Um, and I've uh, I, I love like sparkly clothes, but like whenever I look in my closet, I have not a ton of sparkly clothes. Not enough sparkles because um, huh? they look they look they look great on stage. But I, for some reason, I just don't have a ton of them. I don't know if I just don't buy them or if I just don't look for them. I don't know what the deal is, but mm-hmm. I, um, my Instagram, if you go on my Instagram, I wear like a lot of denim, like neutral colors, brown, mm-hmm. light, light, like bleach colored denim, um, creams. I think that looks really good. And I would identify my styles kind of just like, I mean, I don't know. It's very unique to me. Mm-hmm. If you, if you saw, if you look through some pictures of me on stage or on my Instagram, you could definitely identify it really fast. Okay, well, it's very unique to me. If somebody um, wants to but do I that, definitely, I definitely think it's. I definitely think it's cool to influence that into your style and your music because mm-hmm. it's definitely kind of lost in the music in the country genre right now. Mm-hmm. Um, well, if somebody wants to check I out your style. Where's what is your Instagram handle? My Instagram handle is at Michaela Lane Music. Um, it's spelled a little bit weird, but I'm I'm sure. Go ahead and spell it. For I'm me. sure it's somewhere that y'all could see it pretty easy. Go ahead and spell that real quick. Okay, it's M I K A Y L A L A N E, and then music. That's your website too, correct? Yes, sir. That's my website. That's my um, TikTok, Instagram, website, Facebook, Twitter is Michaela Lane Band. Um, and then all streaming platforms is just Michaela Lane. All right, fantastic. So if people go to your website, you probably have links off to your Instagram and your other social media there. Yeah, and if you go to my Instagram too, I have a link tree, so it'll have. Oh, um, cool. Check out my new single. Check out my website. Check out blah blah blah. So that link tree will get you anywhere um, if you don't want to go to the website. But the website has everything that you could want yeah. to know about me. <laughs> Isn't that cool? I think that a lot of older folks aren't real big fans of dealing with social media, but um, I think having a link tree on your Instagram is awesome. That's a great tool. <laughs> That's funny because actually my grandpa called me a few weeks ago, and he called me and he was like, how can I find this interview? And I had to literally take, like, I don't know how long, like 30 minutes explaining to him, like, how to swipe up from his home button, how to open the <laughs> Instagram app. And it was so it was so cute. I was like, Pop, this just click click the link in the bio, but he he finally got it. He was like, "Oh my gosh, this is the greatest thing I've ever seen." I was yeah, like, it's yeah, it's cool, but yeah, that's funny. Pretty neat. Uh, well, listen, I know we kind of got a late start for you tonight, so we're probably gonna uh, I'm gonna have to let you go here in just a little bit. But before I do, I had read something else uh, you had said. You said you're a sneaker freak. And then, oh, I am. <laughs> what is that? I'm like I like it's like two totally different worlds. Like I have an, an obsession with like Western clothes, turquoise boots, but I also have a a big obsession with sneakers too. Which is funny you mentioned that because uh, today I was like actually looking at some online. Which oh yeah. My mom's sitting here next to me and she's like no, but um, 
I I really I really love my sneakers. I'm always like freaked out if there's like a spot on them. It's kind of a problem, honestly. Like I shouldn't <laughs> love them that much, but are you the I kind really, of person? I really love shoes. Are you the kind of person that like you you find this one tennis shoe and you go, oh, I really love that, and then you need it in every other color it comes in? I mean, do you go through yeah. that? Oh my gosh! <laughs> I know. And like my dad for Christmas, I got him these Adidas Ultra Boost because they're just really comfy. And I was like, Dad, you really need to. Because he, he gets his literal, like, workout, running, whatever he does. Mm-hmm. He doesn't run, actually. He he um just uses these for, like, working out, like, all the time. And he got them from Walmart. And there's nothing wrong with that. Like, save money. But I was like, Dad, I'm going to get you some nice ones. And he, he, he got the nice ones, and he still just wears his Walmart ones. And I'm like, what are you? <laughs> like, Come on, Dad. Like, you got to up your game. <laughs> I know. I know. The Walmart ones, are those are nice. So... <laughs> That's pretty funny. I love that you're that you're into this into style so much. I think you're right. It's bad. sorry, mom. It's bad for your wallet. You know when you dive into style, but I think uh, that really helps you identify what does resonate with you stylistically, and you'll find things that you go, "Oh my god, I want to wear those on stage." You know, otherwise there are clothes you yeah. like that you feel comfortable in, but you really will find those things that that are your your stage persona. That you know when you have a sense of it, you're not just throwing stuff on. You know that's going to work for you. Yeah, and it's really important, too, because, like, when you think of being, like, a girl and trying to be entertaining and move around on stage, you have to be careful with what you wear. Um, so I really love I, – I can't always get away with it, but I really love to wear jeans or, like, jean shorts on stage because you can have so much more flexibility. But mm-hmm. obviously, if you're going to play, like, the Grand Ole Opry, you're, gonna, you're not going to wear, like, I don't know, yeah. straight full-on denim outfit. I mean, I mean, you could. Like, why not? But um, – just for that type of thing, it's it's really important for me to have the right thing to wear, um, and yeah, it does it does sometimes hurt hurt my parents a little, but it's okay. <laughs> well, you know, it won't be long. You're already 16. A couple more years, then you won't be their fault anymore. You have all your all your problems will be your own. You'll be 18. So. <laughs> oh, I know. They kind of already are. Like whenever I uh, whenever I make my money at the show, I know I'm about to just. Save it up and then say, spend it on take, more show clothes. <laughs> yeah, take all your money from the shows for clothes. I love that. That that works. That works for me. Well, listen, before I let you go, I, I guess what I, one of the things I'd like to ask is not so much who your influences are. I think I think uh, that's too. You've you've answered that question in other interviews, and it's kind of kind of vague. And you're you're changing so much that those aren't clearly present anyway. I'm more interested in who you'd kind of want to get on stage with. You know, who what I would. Okay, that's that's a good question because I I really want to do this. I really want to perform with um, Cody Johnson really bad um, because Why? I feel like we're very similar in the stuff that we enjoy doing and mm-hmm. the music that we sing and the message that we um, share mm-hmm. or like want to portray to people. And I think that that's really really cool. So I'd love to perform with Cody Johnson for sure. Cody Johnson or Miranda Lambert, Miranda Lambert School, and I think we're similar in that way too. Yeah, she's kind of cool. There's a lot of cool people in country music. There is. Well, listen, there's the, the there's the <laughs> music that tells me that we're wrapping up. Um, Michaela, let me thank you for calling in. I really appreciate it. And again, I apologize we for a little time zone change here that got us with a late start. Thanks for hanging in there. And uh, I wish you the, Oh, you're good. Thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I wish you the best of luck with this new release. I'm thrilled for you. Love your voice. Looking forward to seeing you rising you up so the much. charts. All right, well, have a great thank night. You. And do you take care? Yes, sir. You too. All righty. Bye-bye now. 
And thanks Bye. for listening to the Auto D Show, where my guest has been Michaela Lane. Check her out on MichaelaLaneMusic.com. And we'll talk to you soon. See you next week. Bye-bye.